Welcome to year 25 of holiday training. It's changed throughout the years. Um, and there's an interesting thing that has evolved with the holiday training because with the aspect of video, we used to do the hol holiday training with no video at all and it moved everyone. And there's no pressure about doing it because uh, it was always different. But it was interesting when we went to Sports One Marketing and we decided to film it. And this is pre-social media. We decided to film it and uh, create more of a uh, capture, more of a, th a theater type of situation of like, hey, let's show everybody else what we've been doing for 10 years. So in 2010 was the first holiday training and in December, and now that's 13 years ago. Uh, and my biggest concern afterwards, because we showed the video to everyone, and uh, in, in, actually I'm not even sure in 2010 we had a video, I think it's just people came back and told their stories. We went around and everyone told their stories and there was not a dry eye. People were so moved. And then, I wanted to do it every year, and I forget what year we started videoing it to share it with other people. But the, the word, the reason I thought we videoed it, the interesting thing was the word got out and people, like news stations were calling in and there's all this excitement like, hey, can you come over to our place because we went to assisted living and all of these different things. But the anticipation was very much like a Super Bowl or a big sporting event. And my biggest concern in surrounding my old business around the biggest sporting events in the world was that they would disappoint. Like so much excitement about going to the Super Bowl and then people would show up and the Super Bowl party wasn't what they thought, the Super Bowl game was not what they thought. Whatever it is, they had too high of an expectation. And then I used to always joke, the only sporting event that I could rely on that never disappointed was the Masters. It was all, and I still believe it never disappoints. There's only one thing that I do that I know never disappoints in a greater security than the masters, and it's the master of giving. This holiday training, there's no way. And it took me years to have that confidence. And as you know, people fly in, people participate, and now we're blessed to do it here uh, in a really unique environment because the people that are in the stadium range from uh, the di different socioeconomic classes and different places that they come from, you know, Mr. Cronky could be walking around here, the richest man in Los Angeles, to someone that's interning here that may be living at home in Inglewood with their mom that's dreaming about working for a team. And so, uh, and the reason that's important to me is because of what the lessons are about the holidays and giving. And we started off with giving, uh, and the first lessons that I tried to teach about giving was giving, receiving, and witnessing are one. That was the first lesson. And I wanted to show and have shown and will show today how people that give have that dope, that dose of dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, endorphins. People who receive, you'll see it will also get the dose of happiness, dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, endorphins. And I also provide witnesses in person and the cameras that everyone, and as we have built a huge community of millions of people that watch this, that view this, we are giving a dose of happiness to millions of people. 
by actually doing this exercise because giving, receiving, and witnessing are one. It's a testament and a confirmation of a unified, abundant, infinite system of thought. And there's no greater indicator of that abundant, unified system than the biochemical, bioanatomical reaction that occurs to giving, receiving, and witnessing giving and receiving. The next kind of evolution in training, besides this great epiphany that I learned from Dr. Wayne Dyer about, oh my God, giving, receiving, and witnessing are all one. The most viral of all eases, not diseases, is giving. Oh, we should spread giving everywhere because it's way, you know, coronavirus and all this stuff. It's the most viral thing and it's free and it takes 0.1 seconds. And if you don't know where you want to be and you're lost, then go give to someone and you'll find out where you're supposed to be and find out what you're supposed to be and find the purpose that you've always had by identifying what you're doing to interfere with it by wanting more instead of I am. And the next evolution was an evolution of people's interference. So we understood the unified, abundant, infinite system of thought. Then we evolved to say, well, then what are we doing to interfere with it? If I'm part of everything for everyone, if I'm th part of an omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source that gives me the doggy biscuit of dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, endorphins when I have good behaviors, it's recognized bioatomically and biochemically within me. If I'm part and parcel to all that, then why and what am I doing to get in my own way because I feel dis-ease a lot of the time. I feel dis-ease and I think dis-ease. Everyone has inner talk and inner thoughts and I found out that 80% of the inner talk and inner thoughts that we have are negative and that 90% of all inner thoughts are repetitive. So there's one thing that we're doing all the time to create interference between us and the omniscient, all-powerful, the unified, abundant, infinite system of thought. And I started looking at, in the context of the holidays, in the context of giving, why is it that so many people are at disease? Most suicides take place when? During the holidays. The most anxiety takes place when? During the holidays. The most depression takes place when? during the holiday. The most dis-ease takes place when more people get sick, physically sick, during the holidays. And they blame it on the weather, but I live in California, there's nicer weather this year in December than there was in July. So you can't blame the weather. It's the disease. It's identifying what are we doing to interfere with the giving, receiving, and the witnessing, the unification of the infinite abundant, the confirmation of the unified system that we belong in of abundance, of more than enough of everything for everyone. And so I went to explore as we evolved in the last few years to teach people, hey, let's appreciate what we have because we can't give what we don't have. So let's appreciate what we have. Appreciation, the definition is to add value. So we utilize the suit of the calendar to understand our time, to be more productive, accessible, and gracious. Those are the three lenses of appreciation. When you are productive, when you provide value, when you are accessible, accessible to others and access what you want, and when you're gracious, finding the light, the love, and the lessons in it, you now have appreciation. You're adding value to everything you have. And then the next step was, but not everyone who appreciates things acknowledge it. Like it's one thing to appreciate, and you see this when you teach people, I got it, uh, yeah, I know, yeah, oh yeah. 
Values, I got them all, all four at a quantum level. And then you ask them, tell me about those four values. And they can't remember all four. They can't tell you what they're for. They can't tell you the meaning of them. And once again, I said to myself, we need to not only appreciate and understand giving, receiving, and witnessing, but we have to acknowledge it. We have to acquire the actual knowledge of it at a quantum level, consciously, subconsciously, and unconsciously, so we live it. We start impacting our genetic and energetic inheritance so that we shift our frequency and we surround ourselves with the ideas and the people at that same frequency by what's called acknowledgement. And I came up with a simple lesson that we've taught over the last years during the Hollywood, Hollywood, we're here now, uh, the holiday training. And that acknowledgement became real simple to me. The only way we truly can acknowledge what we appreciate is to not to have it anymore. Full appreciation and full knowledge does not occur until you've given it away or it's been stolen, or lost, or manipulated, or cheated from you. Then we acquire the knowledge. Then we receive even more when we don't have it anymore. Thus, also, beyond appreciation of productivity, accessibility, and gratitude, acknowledgement, they both confirm the unified abundance system of thought of giving, receiving, and witnessing that we are one and it allows us to say, okay, what am I doing to interfere with it? And I thought I had it. As we worked through the Hollywood, Hollywood uh, holiday trainings again, I said to myself, man, I've been doing this for 25 years. I got it. And over those years, I understand and everyone else is going to get it. I'll just keep putting out as much content and coaching as many people and doing what I can do to empower others, to empower us with this understanding, the bioanatomical, biochemical reaction to the unified, abundant, infinite system of thought, the everything for every one world that I live in. But yet, still disease. There was still disease. Even the people that I taught, giving, receiving, and witnessing are one. Appreciate what you have and acknowledge it understanding and confirming the unified, abundant, infinite system of thought, there still was disease. And last year we explored the most important lesson that I've learned, which is the disease is not created in the context of giving, receiving, and witnessing appreciation or acknowledgement. It's actually in the asking, which is the context of all of the holidays of this time of year for every child that is conditioned not to give, they're conditioned to ask for what they want. And somehow this gets sucked out of them because we think we're doing them a great service of teaching them to give. When I believe, and through the exercises we've done the last couple years, is that it's more important first to receive then to give, to receive more, then to receive even more, to give even more, to receive. It's a self-perpetuating confirmation of a value-add world, an expanding, accelerating, exponentially growing world instead of the scarce world that every one of these holidays portray to us that it's the season of what? Giving. It's a season of giving. But how do you feel if you don't have anything to give? Shitty. You feel a dis-ease. You're sitting there going, I wish I could give my six kids what they really wanted. 
what they're asking for. And so we protect ourselves with our egos and say to ourselves, oh, but the holiday's not about asking. It's about giving. And you, you teach the kids to say, no, limit your self-image, limit the world, live in scarcity, live in not enough, so don't ask for what you want because mommy can't afford it. That's bullshit. Let's figure out how we're gonna ask for what we want so we can give more. And me, as your parent, I need to ask for more so I can give you more so you can give more. We're no longer going to live in a world of not enough or just enough. We're going to live in a world of more than enough because we understand giving, receiving, and witnessing are one. Appreciation, acknowledgement, and asking for more is part of the confirmation that there's more than enough of everything for everyone. The number one thing that I can help people with and coach them is to empower them to be worthy enough and to confirm that they live in a universe that's abundant. <clears throat> am I saying don't give? I am absolutely not saying don't give. I'm saying put your effort into receiving as much as you can and then give it all away and ask for even more and continue a cycle of value add, not zero sum. Because in a universe of zero sum of trading, negotiating, and transacting, giving, you're going to run out. I don't know if it's going to be when you're 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80. It's eventually, I guarantee mathematically, I have studied the math and the physics of it. Eventually, you will run out. And if you don't run out, your children will run out. And if they don't run out, your grandchildren would run out. If you go back to why the difference between the Vanderbilts and the Rockefellers, the Rockefellers live in a value-add world that creates a bank that receives more to give more and continually receives more because they borrow money at no percent at long terms that every one of the Rockefellers borrows to go to college from their own family bank. They all pay for their own college. They borrow for their homes. They borrow for their businesses at 0% interest over 40 years, but they pay it back to the bank so their children have more to give and vice versa. Where the Vanderbilts divided up all of it in a zero-sum game fairly and equitably along all the Vanderbilts. When Vanderbilt died, he had $105 million, richest man on earth. And but for the $2 million that he gave to Central University that created Vanderbilt University, you would not know who Vanderbilt is. People shit on me when I told them they will not know who Steve Jobs is 100 years from now. People shit on me when I told them that there will be sports fans, NBA fans, that 100 years from now will say Kobe who. But they will. Those who live in a value-add world will understand the legacy that comes with, the perpetual energy that comes with, the acceleration, exponentiality, and growth that comes with, the complete cycle of asking, wishing for the universe for more, receiving it, and giving it away, and then asking for even more. Giving, receiving, witnessing are one. Appreciation, acknowledgement, and asking for more. That's the system, the engine, that allows for that. Now there's one more thing that I found. I've been searching all year. I study giving and receiving. I teach it, I preach it, I believe it, I think it, I feel it. But today we're gonna to learn something new that I think takes it to the next level.
and it comes from the philosophy of how I started to live my life and teach people to live their life, that we have daily practices of giving, receiving, and witnessing in a trajectory of what we want to give, receive, and witness by what? By not limiting our self-image through giving, receiving, and witnessing, appreciation, acknowledgement, and asking for more. But what was the missing piece? By the meaning that we give our past. The meaning. That's what I've been missing in teaching people. The meaning behind what you give. You see, part of living in scarcity in a zero-sum game is that if we give things value, if we give meaning to that which we see, then we need to share that as well within the context of what we ask for by tying meaning to it and what we receive by tying meaning to it so that those that witness it can tie their meaning to it as well. Because it's the meaning that limits us in our future. It's the meaning that interferes as well in a what? Infinite, abundant, unified system of thought. It's the meaning that we give it that's going to interfere with this system that we've been learning over 25 years. And so I want you to experience the meaning of what we do. And in this exercise, I want you to find the light, the love, and the lessons in what we give and what we receive and what we witness. Because I think we've taught value add, we've taught the infinite, abundant, unified system of more than enough of everything for everyone. I think that we've created a trajectory of where we wanna be by appreciating it through productivity, accessibility, and gratitude, acknowledging it, learning from it, by not having it anymore in a complete security that more is coming, as long as we what? Ask for more through a value add system of confirming there's more than enough of everyone. But unless we give it a meaning aligned with where we want to be or better, we're still interfering. We're dissipating, dissolving, and disappearing what we have. We are interfering with an omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source, we are interfering with more than enough by giving it the wrong meaning. Because there's only two limitations in giving, receiving, and witnessing. One is our self-image, which we already can utilize in the methodology that was taught over the previous 24 years. And secondarily, one that we haven't breached as far as the topic or subject matter of giving, which is the meaning that we give it. And there's so much trauma that is connected to giving, receiving, and witnessing. We all have had experience, whether we grew up with nothing, there's trauma, or we grew up with everything, there's trauma. Because nobody's talking about the meaning of giving, receiving, and witnessing. They'll talk about the meaning of giving, but I guarantee no one's talking about the meaning of receiving or witnessing. And so I want you to experience that today to create a reality, a perception through an exercise of giving and receiving and witnessing, through an exercise of appreciation, acknowledgement, and asking for more, through a process of giving meaning to that which you give, receive, and witness. And so today what we're gonna do is we are going to infuse meaning into what we give. So the example that I would have is I have three pennies. Can I give you this penny? Sure. 
I want to give you this penny, but I, I want to let you know it's really bad luck. Ever since I picked it up, everything in my fucking life went downhill. Do you want this penny? I'll take it. You will? Yeah. Good. I'm going to give you this penny. I've had this since I was bankrupt. I found it. I told myself it's going to multiply. This is my luckiest thing that I own. I want to give this to you. Now, if you go and put those into a gumball machine, if there's still a petty gumball machine, you'll get the same gumball. Which one's more valuable? Why? Why is Alex's so much more valuable? I, I, I tell you, I, I totally appreciate Colleen taking the bad luck coin because she believes she makes her own luck and gives meaning to it. And I know that's what she's thinking. She's too well my oldest, most experienced employee. So I know what she's thinking, but nobody else wanted to touch it. We witness that every day. We witness that every day. And I think the bigger lesson that I wasn't expecting was not the obvious lesson of just giving somebody something with no meaning, giving something with a negative meaning, or giving something with a positive meaning. But what was interesting to me, more valuable, was Colleen, what I called courage of, yeah, dude, this might be bad luck for you, but that took it to the next level, that just because you gave that penny, that meaning doesn't mean Colleen has to. And how many things do people give to us, not just pennies, give to us with their meaning and we somehow inherit that meaning? Are you kidding me? You give meaning to everything you see. And thank you, Colleen, for showing me that. Right? It was more valuable than what I thought somebody would do, which is I don't want that. And then I was gonna hold it up and say, who does? And then hopefully somebody got the lesson, has inherently learned the lesson at a quantum level like Colleen has is, I give meaning to everything I see, not you. How many pennies do we take with meanings that are not aligned with where we want to be? And we're gonna go out there and we're gonna show people that lesson today. And so, um, first of all, any questions? Any questions, Norm? I have a question. Yes. When you talk about giving the meaning to certain situations, that, that's, that's those then create our belief system, which then creates our reality? It, it creates six things. This is a really important question. I'm glad you brought it up. Okay, so when we give meaning to what we see, number one, we have a couple decisions to make in the trajectory of where we want to be or better. One, do I want to focus attention on this. So the first thing I'm deciding is, am I going to make this a priority? Am I going to focus in on this over, since I'm living in abundance, more than enough of everything for everyone, more than enough options, opportunities, and touches of favor, am I going to prioritize this penny? So that's the first decision. And when I decide, yeah, I'm going to pay attention to this penny, now it's, okay, with this penny, what am I going to do, say, think, feel, and believe towards what I think I want? So if 
I handed the penny to Reluca and it was just a penny with no meaning, then the meaning that she gives it may just be the value of the penny, which is one cent, then her attention and intention might be to go buy a gumball and find a gumball machine that takes a penny. Or if someone gave you bad juju or negative energy in what they gave you, then you may stop the, the system and say, I don't want this. I'm not going to prioritize or pay attention to that. Then decide what meaning I'm going to give it and maybe reassess the prioritization of whether or not you want to pay attention to the penny or not. Because although it was bad luck for David, I think it's perfect, unbelievable luck for me. Therefore, I'm going to hold it, keep it in my purse, and I'm going to do, say, think, believe, and feel about that penny in the trajectory of where I want to be to create the coincidences I want which is what my book is about, Connected to Goodness, which is why I send it to everybody I can for free. Pay for it, pay for shipping, sign it, send it. If they can't get it, ebook and audiobook, all free. That's why I do that. And then, of course, an added prioritization is when you infuse it with positive energy. This is the luckiest penny I've ever had, and I'm giving it to you. Now, probably most people would prioritize that penny, pay more attention to that penny, and then think, say, do, believe, and feel about that penny in a trajectory where they want to be, the coincidences they want, manifesting what they want in life and business. The penny still in man-made constructive America is worth one cent. But it's the meaning that makes the penny. It's the attention and intention that creates the alignment with the meaning that you give the penny and the coincidences you want with the penny. Luca can get a gumball. Colleen can make a billion dollars because she gave it a new meaning. Or somebody else could have taken it and gotten a car accident on the way home, cancel. And Alex could make over a billion dollars by paying attention, giving intention, thinking, saying, doing, believing, and feeling that this is the luckiest thing that they own. Therefore, whenever they go to buy a house, they're gonna put it by the door, who knows? There's all kinds of things that people do. I used to do it with my socks, I wouldn't change them. Those socks became less and less comfortable, they had holes in them, they smelled, but they became more and more valuable because of the meaning I gave my socks. Pretty awesome. I don't want you to forget when we do this exercise, giving, receiving, and witnessing are one. I don't want you to forget what appreciation, acknowledgement, and asking for more means. But I want you to primarily focus this exercise on giving the meaning to what you give to those that you give it to. And I want you to play around with the idea uh, with it. And so first of all, you know, each team's gonna get one penny uh, to, to give, and then we're going to, to do uh, 300, so each team's gonna get $100 to give, each team's gonna give and have $20 to give, each team's going to have $1 to give and one penny, and then finally each team's gonna have three, a $2 bill to give. And what I want you to do in this exercise, each team, there's teams of three, what I want you to do in the exercise, and you're gonna give my books away to everyone, is each team's gonna have four different people. I, I want you to do kind of what I did if you want, and say, hey, 
this is the luckiest $2 bill I've ever had and I want to give it to you for Christmas or whatever, holidays. Or, right, you can play games with someone and say, hey, it's your choice. This is the luckiest dollar bill I've ever had. This thing has brought me nothing but bad luck. Which one do you want? You play around with it. I want you to get creative because the exercise is not the value. It's to illustrate what people's perception and meaning of quantitative man-made constructive value of money is. And still experience and be able to witness and capture the energy behind giving, receiving, and witnessing, except for, in this case, how does the meaning we give it change the dose? How does the meaning, does it infuse the dose meaning over the value, or does it depreciate the dose? Determinative upon the meaning, not only that you give, but they receive, and others witness. You will feel the energy, you will feel the interference, you will feel the dose, I promise you, and we will be able to capture it to share with millions of people now. Everyone gets a book, and you can give the meaning to the book to people and play around with that too. This is the best book I've ever read, and give it and see how someone takes it compared to, hey, I found this, do you want it? I don't care, you give it the meaning that you want. So you have plenty to give. Everyone has five different gifts, each team, that you have to capture. A penny, the $2 bill, the $1 bill, the $20 bill, and the $100 bill. Welcome back. So uh, first team was uh, Mike, your team. Who's on your team? Nick and Alex. Alex, you were filming. All right, very good. So give me an idea through whatever order you want on, you know, under the guise of what we've taught here about giving, receiving, and witnessing being one, appreciation, acknowledgement, and asking, and then even further, the new idea of meaning in its congruency of the penny, the dollar, the two dollar, the twenty dollar, and the hundred dollar, and the books. One of the examples that we did is obviously to change the meaning. We took a dollar and the twenty, put the dollar inside a book, put a 20 inside the book, went up to two different in, two individuals that were together, I shuffled the books together and said, hey, who wants to pick one first? One has a dollar in it, one has 20. The catch is the one that has a dollar is a lucky dollar that my grandfather gave me that I've been holding on to. It's very special to me. But since the holidays, I'm willing to give it to you, whoever selects it. So the guy opens it up and he gets the dollar. And I was like, now you have the opportunity. Do you want to keep the dollar or give the 20 to your friend that's here? And he was like, no, the dollar. Because it changed his mind of like, okay, if this guy's had it for this long, I'm going to keep it. He's like, no, I like the dollar. I'll keep the dollar. You have the 20. Yeah. So it's interesting to see his mind, but how, also how giving he was. Hopefully in the perspective of like, oh, I'll give my friend a 20 instead of, but I think his mind was like, no, I want the dollar because obviously it means something to him as well. So it was interesting to see that switch and him to give up the, the, the 20 so quickly. Yep. Mm-hmm. Nick. <clears throat> So I completed two of them. Um, so with the $100 bill, what I had done was I had put it inside um, the cover of the book, and then I had gone up to somebody, and I gave the book the meaning of, hey, I just found this, and I don't want it. Do you? Right? Now, with them not knowing that anything's in there, the first person I asked actually said that they were good. 
or excuse me, no, they already had a copy of your book, so it kind of, it already kind of, it, it messed it up a little bit. Right, but the second person, right, when I asked her, they were baking fresh cookies in preparing for the next event, right? And I said, hey, listen, I found this, and I knew from the first time that I did it, I could feel the energy of me and even like, my facial reactions like toned down of, hey, like I don't really even want this, do you, right? And then as she accepted it, I had told her, hey, I left a, a kind message in the front of the book so you can pass it on as well, right? And then as she opened up, of course she has like the aha moment, right? And she gave obviously a lot of gratitude towards that meaning. Um, but then the second one that I did was the exact same thing as Mike, but it was the difference between a $20 bill and a penny. So that was in the two books, and I gave her the option. I said, listen, I have two books. One is a lucky penny that my grandfather gave me when I was five, and the other one has a $20 bill. And she picked the penny first, and I asked her, do you want to change? And she actually changed. So she had took the 20 instead, and but her reasoning was, is her like friend that she was working with, she was like, you know what, from the lucky side, I want to make sure that she has it. So it was really cool to kind of see that come full circle. My takeaway is a little bit of a different perspective and I was only thinking about this after we had finished the activity, but I think when we give meaning to the things that we're giving to people, there there's less interference on their end to actually receive them. Cuz when we walk around and we're like, "Oh, do you want a free book?" people were more likely to say no if we were just offering them a free book versus, "Hey, like this is a book, like, I don't want it. Would you like to have it instead? Or do you want to pass this along to someone else? Like anything along those lines, people were a lot more willing to accept what we were going to give them versus without really having any meaning behind it. It's interesting because I give away more books than probably anyone. And I find it interesting when the different people are like, oh, I already have one compared to people that are like, hey, can I have more to give to my friends? Or just giving it the meaning of that, that you know, oh, I'll save it for someone else. No, actually, I want you to participate in the giving, receiving, and witnessing, and you know, I don't want any books left over because I want just the same as any other energy for it to be in the flow or in the circular, clearing the interference of there's not enough books or I won't want to take it from someone else. Those are all zero-sum games as well. Um, so that's exactly what I wanted uh, to be illustrated. Uh, Colleen? So um, our first interaction, as soon as we left here, was our probably our best one. Um, we just went over to one of the pantries and there were a couple people getting on the elevator. There was one woman that was by herself and we just offered her a book. Someone saw us offer the book and walked over and gave Serafina a dollar, Ethan a dollar, and then saw that I was standing back there and walked over and gave me a dollar. So without being part of the exercise, just seeing that we had given the book, he gave us all, we, we all have our dollar. Um, and- um, Did he give any meaning to it? He just was grateful that we were giving away other things to people. Yeah, yeah. so then we, when we left the room, we're like, all right, let's go, go back and give him a 20. <laughs> so we went back and we gave him uh, one, of our, one of our dollars. So yeah, it was, it was awesome. It just was totally unprompted and it was our first interaction, so set us off right. Yeah. You never know what's going to happen, which we always saw with more effort as we used to drive out around uh, the town. And I do like the controlled environment here with the variety of people, like I said. So you never know what you're going to get here as well. Who else was on your team? Ethan and Serafina. All right, Ethan or Serafina, go ahead since you're grabbing it. 
one example, we had a dollar, I think it was, and then a penny, and then I went up to someone and said, the penny's really, really good luck, and the, or the $2 bill is a $2 bill, the $2 bill is really, really bad luck. And I was gonna like see just what he wanted to take, and he was just smirked, I was like, I'm gonna take the $2 bill. So that made me realize, like, just because someone gives a meaning to something doesn't mean that you have to take that meaning Which with it. Which is what Colleen surprised me with when I said, this is a bad luck penny, yeah. so yeah. Not like, for me, it's not. Yeah, just because it's like a superstition or something, it's like bad luck for someone doesn't mean that's going to be for you. Maybe it was just like for that person to learn that lesson of whatever it is. So that's how I kind of interpreted that situation. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Awesome. With us, at one point, we were walking and there were people kind of polishing like windows and chairs. Um, and we said, you know, these guys work like probably the hardest of anybody we see. Like, I want to give these guys a $100 bill. Um, so we tucked it inside of a book and I said, you know, this book and working with Dave has given me like so much joy and so much happiness in my life that I want to pass this on to you. And it was totally like innocuous, like didn't, didn't even know there was money in there or anything. And so he accepted the book and then I kind of turned back to look back to see if he opened the book and he got super happy that there was a bill in there. And so. It's just, it was amazing to like give back to people who I think really, really, really want, appreciated it just over the course of the entire exercise. We had a, a moment with someone who was working on the field and we gave him a choice. Uh, you could either have a dollar or this $20, but you have to promise us that you're gonna pay it forward. And so he took about, about 45 seconds to make his decision about what he was going to do. But he decided that he was going to take the 20 and he promised to pay it forward. And uh, so the, the trust and the um, acknowledgement that we gave him for his promise, I was, uh, I was a big fan of that. Uh, not only that, we had another uh, interaction with another field worker immediately after that. We had given her a book and she had actually requested more books to give to some of her co-workers who she said were a little bit naughty and needed to be better behaved <laughs> this Christmas. Uh, yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> One thing that I will say about the first guy is that when we offer him the... First guy, not <laughs> the, the person on the field. <laughs> The person on the field who we gave him the choice to either pick the 20 and pay for it or the lucky uh, dollar, he chose the $20 to pay for it. And then I was like, well, now I have a book for you because you did that. So, you know, it was, it was funny too. He was like, oh, really? Is this for me? So that was funny to witness. But um, this actually was just an inspiration that came through him and I executed was we had the penny. And we wanted to do something else. We wanted to do something more creative with it. And then we, Justin had the idea, why don't we go outside? There is a lake or a pond. I don't know exactly what it is. And maybe we can change the meaning of that penny because you are giving the, to Justin the bad luck penny, <laughs> right? So we're Justin like, exactly. <laughs> so we're Justin like. Justin made it up. It was already a great, it was a great luck penny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, as Colleen, you know, accepted it, you know, and she changed the meaning, we, cho we chose to do the same thing. So we went out there and we're like, with this penny, you know, we were standing in front of a SoFi Stadium, Justin, you know, told me the story of how this was just, you know, a dream at one point and now it's here, you know, it's just a thought and now it's in here in reality. So it's a proof that everything is possible. 
So we're like, okay, we're gonna change the meaning of this penny with our intention for 2024 to build our community even bigger, make more money, help more people and have more fun. And then we throw in the water. And that was our intention for 2024. And we changed the meaning of that um, penny. For the $100, we were looking for someone to give it to. And my idea was, this is, in my opinion, the best stadium in the world. Totally an unbiased opinion, but it is. And every day when we get to show up here to work, or else we show up here for games, it's immaculate. And what people don't realize is there's people who are here on days like today scrubbing the floors and cleaning it. And so what I wanted to do was to find someone who was cleaning, who we could recognize and acknowledge for helping make this the most beautiful place on earth for sports, and they never get thanked for it. It's the most thankless job. And so we did like three laps, and when we, came, we saw a woman, we're like, let's keep walking and seeing. And when we came back, she was finishing up there as she was in, and I walked up to her, and I just said, hey, I just want to thank you. I want to acknowledge you. I know what you do is probably the most thankless job in the stadium, but you play a, play a part of why everyone gets to enjoy this place, and it's so beautiful and clean, and you know, et cetera. And so I, not only, I said I wanted to you know, give you something a little extra for the holiday season that I hope could help you make your holidays a little better, maybe buy a gift for someone or something extra for yourself. And then I gave her the book, and she looks at me and goes, I'm reading that. And I was like, what? And she's like, I'm reading that book. She's like, someone gave it to me before. And I was like, no way. And she goes, what's crazy is I, when I got into my car, I put it on the roof of my car and I went to drive away and someone stopped me and said, you have something on the top of your car. And she's like, I reached out and grabbed the book and put it in my car. And she's like, so I'm already reading this book. And to me, it was just like, there's literally no coincidences. Like I saw her, we walked around the stadium. It just didn't feel right about anybody else. And we came back to her and it was just like, it, it just, when you have that faith of that you are being pushed towards something greater, and it just like, I, I don't know why I saw her, I don't know why, I, I can't explain it, but it just like, it made my whole day because one, to acknowledge someone who probably does not get acknowledged for the work they do, and what they do is just important as everybody else in the stadium, everybody plays a part to make this place what it is and to make you know any team you're in. And so, um, yeah, for me, it was really cool. It's a different experience every year. I've done this a lot, and it's always, surprises you in ways you don't ever expect going into the situation. And so, um, yeah, just thank you for allowing us this opportunity to give and experience it and give, give me things and, and see it in a practical application of, of the impact it actually has. Yeah, I think the reason it works every time, regardless if there's a new twist or a turn or a nuance, is that it's the best illustration of abundance. Like it just, it, it just happens. And because all of you learn this and live it more than most people, it's more apt mathematically to happen to you and through you and for you than other people as well. So the magic that you feel and the unique essence of that frequency or neighborhood is elevated and also exemplified when we intentionally try to give, receive, and witness, when we intentionally appreciate, acknowledge, and ask for more, when we intentionally give the right meaning, which is the biggest takeaway and lesson that I wanted you to have. And when you give the meaning to giving, receiving, and witnessing, when you give the meaning to all that you have, when it's stolen, when it's cheated from you, manipulated from you, when it's hated, when it's yelled at, attacked, judged, conditions are placed upon it. <clears throat> Just like when I gave the bad luck penny, 
it has no impact at all. It's the meaning you give it. And then you go ahead and make wishes for everybody in the pond or whatever you do with it. Every single thing in your life. <clears throat> Lao Tzu talks about in the Tao Te Ching, the world of 10,000 things. Inherently in the 10,000 things are 10,000 meanings. Quantifying your life, how many of those meanings are in a trajectory of where I wanted to be, in a trajectory of faith, of being protected and promoted. Everybody told me what a terrible year this was going to be. So many people are telling me how challenging next year is going to be. That's not the meaning I have given it. It's not the meaning I give it. I can't keep up with the options, opportunities, touches the favor, the protection and promotion that I am receiving, giving, and witnessing every single day. And there are no accidents. There's only coinciding of the universe with the seeds that you plant. Because remember, you are planting seeds under trees you may never <clears throat> sit under, you may never witness, but somebody is, like Colleen said. When you plant a seed, somebody is witnessing that. Whether it's on the roof of their car with a book, whether it's the penny that they find on the ground, whether it's someone coming to them exactly at the time when they're making a decision saying, if I don't see this today, I'm quitting. I'm leaving. I'm ending. You know how many times people are thinking that and you, you're brought, delivered, not as punishment to someone, as protection and promotion when you give it that meaning. And so I don't care about interest rates. I don't care about the economy. I don't care about unemployment. I don't care about pollution. I don't care about any of the things that you may be afraid of because I know that it's protecting and promoting me. The meaning that I give it is I appreciate it, I acknowledge it, and I'm going to ask for more of what I want in a trajectory of where I want to be because you all are that particle of light that will overcome a million particles of darkness. Give that darkness a meaning of just being loud and weak. Next time you're depressed, anxious, frustrated, angry, guilty, resentful, separate, inferior, superior, don't feel worthy of everything that you have, just remember, one particle of light is gonna overcome the loud, the weak particles of darkness. I am. This is what I am. I am part of a unified, abundant, infinite system that gives, receives, and witnesses, and appreciates, acknowledges, and allows me to add value. There's no zero-sum game, and that's the meaning that we're giving this training today, and that's the meaning I'm going to share with our community that is ever-growing. And that'll be the meaning that we carry for the next 25 trainings on the holidays that we do. I wanna thank all of you. We are all blessed. Have a happy holiday. Enjoy yourselves. Be kind to your future self and do good deeds. I love you all. Happy holidays.